with Derek and Jamie, the podcast where two friends recommend something to watch based around a weekly theme. It could be a movie, TV show, miniseries, really anything. Also, we always have a theme bonus segment where we discuss anything from current news stories to dream fan castings and random recommendations. Possibilities are, again, endless. We also end each show with some mini games, so stick around for that. Today's theme is surrounding lakes, and let's tell them why we're doing lake-themed stuff this week, Derek. Because we were at my family's lake house for my engagement party this past week and Katie and I went to Asheville to look at wedding venues and we were surrounded by rivers which are kind of like lake and the river flooded at one point that was fun (laughs) so Derek lives in Florida and is used to hurricanes down there and he came up here not thinking he'd be in a hurricane but a tropical storm came through when he was up here (laughs) actually it would have missed us down in Florida which was kind of ironic but either way lakes lakes I suggested the miniseries unorthodox on Netflix I chose episodes one and two and I chose the movie Big Fish, which I, I realized right as I started that movie that there is no lake in that it's surrounding a river. But still, like I said, rivers, lakes, very similar. And just a disclaimer before we jump in, there will be spoilers for both of these films and miniseries. So listen at your own risk. Unless you've seen them both or just don't care, then enjoy our commentary. So Derek, tell us about your week. Came back to work. It's always weird going back to work after you've been gone for a week. I don't think I've taken like longer than a week off of work since I moved to Florida. So, really? Yeah, no. It was nice. And I came back on a Saturday and I worked on that Saturday. But where I work, Saturdays are very chill. So like it was a nice way to ease back into getting into my schedule. You always get those like that vacation blues the like the first couple of days. It's like uh, back to quote unquote regular life. Yeah, that always sucks. But what's been going on with you? I have been falling down a rabbit hole of play. Playing The Sims 4. Been doing like nothing but playing The Sims for the past week. What are you pl- on the PlayStation or on the computer? I don't I don't know what you on the computer. Oh, okay. It's it, I've, I'm down a rabbit hole, y'all. <laughs> That's just what you do. You wake up, bam, computer, Sim. I wait for Matt to leave, <laughs> and then I wait for him to get home. In between the two points, is Sims. <laughs> this is this is your dirty little secret that Matt does not need to know about. He knows all about it. He's like, what are your Sims doing today? <laughs> yes, how your Sims days were. Hey, honey, I'm home. How was your day? It was good. How was your Sims days? It was, uh, those were a little worse. They didn't do great today. Maybe that's enough Sim talk. Let's just get into our lake themed movies. All right, but let's get into it. I believe we're doing yours first. Yes, we're going to do Unorthodox episode one and two. And my guesses for Derek's ratings are objective competence. I feel like he gave it an A. Personal enjoyment, I'm thinking a seven. Like he appreciated it, but didn't love it. And rewatchability slash, since it's a mini series, slash finish ability, which is something new I came up with. I'm giving that one. See, for rewatchability, I feel like it's a two. For finishability, I feel like it's a three. Like you will finish it, but rewatchability, I don't think you'll come back to that. But since that's the main thing, it's a two. All right. So the info for Unorthodox it is a German American drama miniseries that debuted in March 2020. It's written by Anna Winger and Alexa Karolinski and directed by Maria Schradner. It stars Shirahas, Amit Ravav, Aaron Alteraz, Jeff Wilshbush. It is the first Netflix series to be primarily in Yiddish. It is 
inspired by Deborah Feldman's 2012 autobiography, Unorthodox, The Scandalous Rejection of My Hasidic Roots. The past scenes are more so based on her life, and the present day scenes are fictional. So the summary of episode one, Esty Shapiro flees her home in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and heads to Berlin, Germany. There, she plans to find her mother, but then runs away when she sees her. Uh, she meets Robert at a local coffee shop and watches him and his classmates perform music at a conservatory. Then they go to a lake and an Esty joins them. Back in Williamsburg, Esty's husband, Yankee, finds his wife is missing and asks his family for help. In flashbacks, Esty prepares to marry Yankee. She is also given documents from her mother for her German citizenship. Episode 2. Esty is discovered sleeping in the music conservatory. She is encouraged to apply to the school. She is invited to dinner by her new friends and plays piano for them. One of them tells her that she is nowhere near good enough for the school, which breaks her heart. Yankee and his cousin, Moisha, fly to Berlin and try to find Esty. In flashback, Esty prepares for the wedding. Yankee and Esty get married, and at the end, they shave her hair. So before I ask any deep questions, I'm just curious to know if you finished it, because the series is only four episodes long. Oh, crap, it is? Yeah, I'm taking that as a no, then. You didn't finish it? <laughs> yeah, no. I thought it was like eight for some reason. No, it's only four episodes long. Because oh, like last year when I watched it, I watched the entire series. And then when I watched it this time, I watched the entire series again. Yeah. No, I was most likely going to go back to it. Meaning that I am definitely intrigued and I am enjoying it. I definitely want to see how it ends. But I Did thought you not it was finish it because the podcast and you didn't want to talk past the episodes? Or was it just like you thought it was a lot more episodes so you didn't want to get invested in that? No, I would say it's half and half. Probably like, yeah, I didn't really want to watch too far ahead based on the podcast and then like misspeak and say something that was in a later episode. It definitely makes me want to watch more. Like, I'm very intrigued by the story. Prior to this, did you know anything about Orthodox Jews? Like, oh, I knew like, yeah, some things. Like their outfits that they wear. I knew their outfits. I knew they're very old school religious. Yeah, I kind of just knew them as an old school, like religious fundamentalist kind yeah. of group of people. Very conservative, very women in the home like all that stuff i didn't know like the men basically like they literally only taught the torah i didn't know how restrictive it was like not no music but like it's only the traditional music it's almost like near kind of like an amish kind of upbringing yeah I feel like. but which is weird because there a mass of them is located in williamsburg brooklyn <laughs> like right that's where yeah. the past scenes take place in this show is but they're so like disconnected from the real world there it's very interesting to see such a conservative I don't know how to say it like like, like obviously it's a very sexist culture just they're just like yeah yeah the woman like you don't speak until he speaks like yeah. you have to make sure you don't offend him and his family because they have to like accept you you are like broken because your parents got divorced like I thought that was really gross like having to show yourself like SD had to show herself off before the parents of Yankee agreed to the marriage oh yeah like like literally stand there and twirl. Yeah. Just made you very uncomfortable. Honestly, like, the most heartbreaking scene for me is, like, she has her grandma with her, like, throughout all the flashbacks and the grandma's, like, she obviously loves her grandma and, like, her grandma does love her, but really, it seems like all her grandma cares about is her just being married off. Being married and having babies. Right. So when the moment comes where she actually needs her grandma's help to, like, really help her find her place in this world, grandma's like, nope, can't do it. I know. That was heartbreaking, that phone call. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Where she was like, Grandma is SD. I don't know what to do. And she just hangs up on her. Hangs up. Says nothing. What character other than SD had the most impact 
on you. Yankee. Yes. He's such a heartbreaking character because he's not a bad guy. No, it seems like he almost in the same boat as Esty. It's Mm -hmm. just he gets the male privilege of it. Obviously, like, yeah, being in in a society like that, it's so restrictive. If you're not all in, you're just not going to agree with you and you don't want to be in there and you're going to feel trapped. Yeah. It's just for Yankee, he gets the better end of the deal where he gets to be in control in the prison, basically. It seemed like they do have, like, some chemistry and, like, they're both, like, the scenes, the flashback scenes of them first meeting where she's like I'm different and he's like different is good yeah like it's it's sweet yeah like oh these two actually seem like they do have stuff in common and like I know there's like arranged marriages that, that that's typical in a lot of cultures and for a lot of people it does work out and they do fall in love with who they just met on their wedding day or were arranged to be married to and it seems like these two could have been if it wasn't such a suppressive environment everywhere else too I agree and I kind of like don't spoil anything but like I don't want her to like end up up with him because like he's part of that but like if they ran off to get like they left that yeah. would be also interesting but yeah i really like because he's also like in searching for her he's also seeing the world for the first time he's learning about all this new stuff i know just as she is like he's like oh my god it's like a smartphone and it's it's funny because it's like at first i didn't know what time period this was like yeah. in the opening scenes because you're in the orthodox community and so like there's very little actual technology that you're not seeing smartphones you're not seeing fancy cars not seeing anything like that so i'm like like when does when does this play and then you start to see i'm like oh no 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 it's it's the outside world yeah especially with sd like going to berlin you see that it's pretty much modern day yeah i think it's meant to take place just like modern day it's almost kind of timeless in that where it's not really giving you an exact time period but you know it's gonna be like the last 20 years to like the next 20 years Okay, so the scene that I feel like for the reason that I suggested this show, it's the scene at the lake. Like, this is her freedom moment, walking into the lake where on the other side, the Germans decided to kill the Jews in camp. Like, she first is, like, shocked that anyone would go into the lake. They told her that, and she's like, and you swim in this lake? And they said the lake is just a lake. And so that's, like, an epiphany to her. So she walks into this lake and washes herself of her old life. Like, she's being reborn. It's beautiful. It happens at sunset. She removes her wig and leaves it there. How powerful was that to you? Just that scene alone of her walking into the lake. I, I enjoyed the uh, conversation more than I enjoyed the actual moment. I think the conversation hit for me harder than the actual moment. But the whole scene I did like where, like you said, like they're at this lake and there's a bunch of people playing, sunbathing, yeah. whatever. And it's, well, it was like a piece of history, like right across the lake. That, Like you said, that's where they decided to have a genocide. Yeah. And it's, well, we can't let them have that power anymore. We kind of just have to take it back. We can't give them power anymore like the lake didn't do anything it's just here yeah and that's kind of like her like i didn't do anything i'm just here i just kind of have to let go of it let go of the past that's what's giving him power i was i didn't know she was wearing a wig until that point either. i was gonna ask you like did you know it was a wig <laughs> no and then i kind of like it shows like all the other women and i'm like oh they're they're all wearing once you get married wig. they shave their head and then i'm like well that's oh, okay i know it's very it's such a strange like at the end of episode two she's shaving her head and she's like crying like she doesn't want to do it you know fundamental religion that's always great you know imagine filming that scene and having to shave your head that's insane yeah like I, the fact that she did that that in one take lots of fucked up 
Speaking of fucked up, uh, Mo- Moshi, Mushi, Moshi, Moisha, Moisha, Moisha. Yeah, that dude's messed up. He's fucked up, and it really like he's just there. I I feel like he's hypocrisy for sure. Like he's just like yeah, the, these super religious, these super devout people will kind of throw everything out the window to get this guy back in, so that they don't look ashamed because one of their wives left, kind of thing. Like someone wanted to well, leave. He's the only one that like knows Berlin. Right. He's the only one that knows the outside world really and it's his chance to like get back in because he left and then he came back i don't get why he wants back it might be like he needs money and like if he's like back in the church like his dad will like what's 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 the thing like not cut him off or de disinherit him i'm trying to think of there's a certain <laughs> word but like you know what i'm disown saying him you, yeah undisown him reown him reown him <laughs> <laughs> You'll undisown him, you know? Um, you know what I'm you saying? learn more about Moisha in the next two episodes. Okay. He has a wife and kids, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. One of the things about Moisha that was weird, like, he brought a gun. Oh, yeah. Like, he was going to force him back. Like, when he saw yeah. that, that's all I thought. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to get her back by any means necessary. He's a very interesting character. The acting in this show, phenomenal. Shira Haas. Oh, my God. I love her. And the craziest part is, I don't know any of these people i'll say some of the friends in berlin some of their acting can be a little stiff and a little you know is a table read kind of i don't know how to describe it but like the main cast definitely is bringing their all and it's definitely like carrying the show yeah shira and then the guy who plays yankee like those two playing off of each other in the flashback scenes so good they're all good i, li- I really like the the matchmaker you can tell like at least i got from her like she doesn't really enjoy what she's doing this is what i have to do this is this is my life i have no other option she takes some joy in actually like finding people seems like a very minor character that made an impact the matchmaker or the aunt can't remember her name i didn't know if she was an actual aunt or something are you talking about the younger woman or the one who lived with her in the house? The one that lived with her in the house. That's her aunt. She lived with her aunt, grandma, grandfather, and dad before she got married. Okay. I, now I can't remember if I'm thinking of the right person. She was always wearing like, I feel like she was wearing blue a lot. Was she the one who taught Esty that she has a vagina? No. But not that lady? Not that lady. Fairly sure. Okay, not well, that lady. the person you're thinking of who walked in and said, I just saw the matchmaker. We found someone. His yes, name is Yankee. Okay. That's her aunt. The person I was thinking of as well was the like teacher for the newly engaged to be married women. Okay, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Definitely, okay, so I was definitely thinking of the aunt. But back to the vagina scene. Could you imagine being lied to your whole life about everything? That's like, crazy. Like, she didn't know like, she had a vagina. She didn't know how sex works. She thought she couldn't eat ham. That scene where she ate it and she asked the professor oh, yeah, from the music conservatory what it was. She thought that if she ate ham, she would be sick like she was so sheltered her entire life in all honesty she probably should have gotten sick you go your whole life without eating a certain thing and then you just eat that thing your pro- stomach's probably not gonna like it she thought like that's why you just don't eat ham you literally just it gets you sick i can't imagine being 18 years old because she was 18 in the flashback scenes and then i believe 19 when she went to when berlin all of the like procedures and stuff she had to do prior to getting married like the wedding being like separated by gender yeah. Yeah, that, that's what my wedding's gonna be like. <laughs> 
You're going to have talk, that many people at your wedding. We're going to have that many people at my wedding and they're going to be separated. It's going to be the reception first. Then we'll have the ceremony real quick after. I'm just saying it's going to be like a middle school dance where all the boys are going to be on one side and all the girls <laughs> are going to be on the other. No one's going to want to dance with each other. You're going to have a sheer sheet down the middle. It was intense, that wedding scene. Like they tried their best to do it as close to like an actual orthodox wedding. And then the dad, I like, I don't like, but the dad gets drunk. Oh yeah. The dad is a drunk. But obviously he gets super drunk at the wedding. Can't do like the actual like ritual stuff. So they just kind of like, uh, escort him over here, sit him down. But like the mom is asked to leave because she's like excommunicated or they're afraid like the drunk man's not going to be able to keep it together. So she has to leave. That wedding scene. And you was can tell Esty was like somewhat genuinely she was nervous, yes, but she was also somewhat excited to be married. Like she you could tell. I mean, that's what she's raised her whole life is like when you get to a certain age, you will be married and you will start a family. And like right. that's your goal in life. That's your only purpose. And she's doing that. And there's a super deep quote, like when the f- new friends in Berlin ask her why she left. And the quote that got that just broke my heart is when she said, God expected too much of me. Yeah. Like the fact that her society, her family, her community made her feel so pressured and all of these things that she couldn't do. It's heartbreaking. That hit. And then what hit like right after is that because she phrased it as she didn't say like my community or my family. She said God expected too much of me. She still probably believes everything about her faith. Like she still believes in God and all of that and probably and the writings in like the Torah. So like this whole time she's just trying to be happy but she feels like i'm betraying everything so you can see like there's a lot more conflict in her even though she's doing this and she is a hundred percent into it there's still part of her that just feels like i'm betraying everything that i know well she questions it all the way through like when they go to the lake there's like you swim in this lake they decided to kill the jews over there and being in berlin all of this stuff that happened in berlin right and she's taking it back anytime like the friends that like, kind of casually talk about it or make like slight jokes about it kind of thing yeah and at the like dinner party when she's helping cook and they're like what do you cook and she's naming off all these dishes that she does and they're like whoa like what is that like and she's like oh it's traditional yiddish stuff and it's just crazy that a 19 year old is married pregnant does all of this stuff and that's all she knows oh yeah we didn't even talk living that up she's pregnant i'm assuming that's gonna be brought up a couple more times in the next two episodes yeah that is it's a crazy development and at first i'm not sure how i felt about it i'm like it feels like unnecessary drama but i want to see how it's concluded before i make a final decision on it that's kind of how i feel about a lot of stuff there's a couple things that i'm like really into like i'm really into a lot of like I'm going to call them like the three main characters of SD, Yankee, and Amorsha because they're kind of like the three main people we're following. And uh, I really like them. I really like the portrayals and all that. But there's a couple things like I don't really like her friends that much right now. They're a little... Especially that kinda, one girl who tells her that she's not she talented enough. Yeah. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. That's rude, but she's also being straight about it because she knows if she went into that audition doing piano like that, that they would just be like, what the hell yeah it's very true but like you can be straight about it without being fucking asshole about it she seemed very like straight to the point not caring about other people's emotions 
that thunder? I think so. Holy shit. <laughs> I fucking heard that. That sounded like your fucking ceiling just caved in. That shook my house. That was also, I like, her other friends kind of seemed slightly caricature-ish. I don't know. I, I think they're not meant to be like super in-depth characters. I don't think that's what the show's about. I don't think it's really about like her meeting a new group of friends and what like hijinks they get into. It's like, no, it's just her escaping into the actual world and like her finding the freedom. Yeah, I think it's a lot about her discovering different things through them. Right. In the next two episodes, she does more stuff with these friends, which she would never have done before. Mm -hmm. She like tries new clothes on because she sees what they're wearing so she goes to buy clothes she gets an audition for this music school because she saw them playing music and thought it was beautiful and she wants to do that All right she is learning life through her new friends basically yeah and i don't think they need to be like necessarily like super developed like, no they're not huge characters yeah like really lived in characters because i don't think mm-hmm. like i said they're just vessels they're yeah, not like the you said. three main people yeah they're just vessels to like her to experience the world kind of experience the things she's missed out on. Did you think she was going to be really good at piano before she played? Or were you expecting her to be only mediocre? Thought it was either going to be like really fucking good or really fucking bad. Like it was either going to be like Mozart or she's going to be like ding, (laughs) ding, 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 ding. That's the same thing. Like, I was like, oh, she's either going to, like, knock it out of the park or not. But to me, it was when they had her play at the end of the second episode where I was like, if they were going to knock it out of the park, they would have waited until the audition scene to do that. So I was like, okay, it's not going to be great. She's going to have to figure something out. So through the past... 15 episodes, the prior 15 episodes. You talk a lot about time jumps when they go back in time and it's discolored or they make it like super apparent that it's a different time. This did not do that. Is this the type of time jumps that you appreciate and stuff? You had to figure it out by Estee's hair, basically. Yeah, I think this one works because we start in the action. We start scene right away. She's like escaping, like, right? Like she, that trolley thing isn't working she has to like leave everything behind because again she still believes in the tradition and like she doesn't want to draw attention to her and i think that was more so not wanting to draw attention attention okay but yeah and then like so you like you see the first thing so like you kind of know and then when it cuts back to it you're like okay so i i know this one does a really good job of establishing like the first timeline and then the second timeline so that you can kind of very easily tell where you are and then very quickly on she's in berlin and then the earlier timelines in new york so yeah if you're in berlin most likely new timeline new york old timeline so it does a really good job at separating it so i was never really confused okay we, well, we, sweet. we'll get into some more of that when we talk about my movie last question who yes. and how would you suggest this probably not orthodox Hasidic <laughs> Jew. yeah they didn't have the best reception like this uh, has a 96 percent rating on rotten tomato but the orthodox jewish community did not like this it doesn't really shine a good light on them i don't want to say this like offensively but it's just shining a light that's the problem it's not like shining a bad light on them it's just shining a light on them and they're like we're not looking so good here it's like well i mean that's not our fault we're just showing people what you do it's all we're doing other than not showing it to them right would Um, you suggest this to i suggest this to people who like need their mind opened a bit don't quite understand that there's still like cultures like this not only like in the world but like in our country in this country that everyone 
unless we believe is like super progressive and super free and there's no sexism or racism anywhere in this country and people who just like want to watch a story of like a young woman finding herself and finding freedom which i think is a great story i mean you got to be ready for some like really serious moments but this show does do a good job there there is some comedy in it there is some moments of levity that not necessarily like super haha funny but like yeah like we said moments of levity to kind of like break the tension otherwise it's a very tense show it's a drama exactly right on let's get back to my guesses for objective competence i guess that you gave it an a i gave it an a it's shot well it's acted well it's directed well it's telling a good story it seems like it got a little slow at times and like maybe that'll change by the end but sometimes i thought like this seems like it could have been like a really interesting movie too but yeah personal enjoyment i guess you gave it a seven i gave it an eight i really liked it like it was a very like i said serious story very tough story dramatic story but uh, it's also it's not such a heavy story it's not like i really liked it and like and and very interested in how it would end so an eight out of ten Sweet. And then rewatchability, I gave it a two. Like, this isn't something you will go back to. I feel like this is a once and done thing for you. But if someone else was like, hey, I haven't seen this before, you're like, yeah, let's watch it. Yes. So I gave this a three. Oh, wow. Um, because I kind of did what you were like, it's the finishability. I gave it a three. Well, the finishability, I gave it a four. Like, if you watch the first two episodes, you probably like will finish it. You're going to want to know what happens. I don't know. So, yeah, I gave it a three. Nice. So I was off by two. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I got to hope I guessed right on this one, which I'm not confident. Uh, So, like we said, the film I chose for this week was Big Fish. Also, story that's kind of like half flashback, half present. But uh, let's get into my guesses before we get into any info. So, for objective competence, I'm guessing Jamie gave this an A-. minus. For personal enjoyment, I think Jamie kind of enjoyed this a little bit, enjoyed some of the performances and maybe some of the sets, but didn't really love it that much. I think she only gave it a 6 out of 10. And rewatchability, I don't think she really would want to go back to this, but I think if someone else really wanted to watch it or put it on in the background, she wouldn't stop them. So I'm guessing a 2 out of 5. So Big Fish was directed by Tim Burton and stars Ewan McGregor. Billy Crudup, Albert Finney, Jessica Lang, Helena Bottom Carter, Allison Lohman, Danny DeVito, Steve Buscemi, Marion Cotillard, and Matthew McGrory. Based on the 1998 novel of the same name, Big Fish follows Ed Bloom as he recounts the fantastical stories of his life from his deathbed, while his frustrated son tries to determine fact from fiction and the man his father truly is. So originally, Steven Spielberg was hired to direct this film, but dropped the project in pre-production to focus on his film Catch Me If You Can. Big Fish was eventually released on December 10th in 2003 and garnered positive reviews from critics and was a box office hit, grossing $123 million against a $70 million budget. And a fun fact is that the set for the town of Spectre is still remains and can be found in Millbrook, Alabama at Jackson Lake Island. So before I get into like what you thought of the actual movie, I want to know Have you heard of this movie before and what have you heard of it? Yeah, so I've been told to watch this movie a lot through the years, especially when I got accepted into Auburn and people were like, oh, you're going to Auburn? Have you seen Big Fish? And I'm like, no. They're like, oh, you totally got to watch Big Fish. Some of it's in Auburn. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so I knew more history about this film without seeing it. Like I knew that it was part of it took place in Auburn and I knew that it wasn't filmed in Auburn. (laughs) It was filmed at like AUM, right? In Montgomery. 
memory or something like that. I always just remember the poster for this film. That was like in my brain for the longest time. I never knew what this film was. For some reason, I thought it was a horror film at one point. Because it's directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, I think that kept me away from it for a while. (laughs) Honestly, my first like introduction to the story of Big Fish was the show, the stage show. Auburn put it on uh, when my little brother was going there and he was one of the theater techs. So he got us tickets. And yeah, that's how I first was introduced to the story. What did you think of Big Fish? I really liked the style of the film. Okay. Like, I, It's Tim Burton, so it's expected. The coloring and the outrageousness of it, I thought was cool. But again, Tim Burton expected. Yeah, I don't know. I like that, but it felt like Tim Burton light, you know? To me, it just, it felt like Tim Burton, but it felt like Tim Burton kind of reined in a little bit. It's like he wanted to try and do a more realistic movie, but still had to add his elements and his wife, now ex-wife, in it. Helena Bonham Carter had to be in a Tim Burton movie. Every one of them. Honestly, that, that's my biggest issue with the film, is that the I feel like the fantastical stories and the elements in the stories could have felt way more fantastical. It, it felt like they're kind of there, and it seems real, but it also seems really fake. You know, I never really bought the stories and I don't obviously that's not the entire point of the film is that like the stories aren't obviously true but it's about telling the stories and about you know and enjoying life and all that Mm. Tim Burton is phenomenal at everything he does it's just most of his original things like Edward Scissorhands and the Sleepy Hollow and he did the the Alice in Wonderlands right yep those kinds of movies I'm not the biggest fan on because they like border on horror but this one didn't and so I wish Tim Burton did more normal movies with his style. And I liked that. What I didn't like about this film so much so was the story. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. It pissed me off that his dad was a gaslighter. Like he gaslit everybody he met. Yeah. He just kind of, you know, went from town to town just telling them how great he was. I kind of like I really identified with Billy Crudup throughout most of this film. Yeah. I'm like, just give me a fucking straight answer, old man. (laughs) I know. Just be real with me for fucking once. <laughs> that the death scene, it didn't hit. And normally I cry at the drop of hats in films. Like it doesn't take a lot to get the waterworks going for me. But like the death scene didn't really do it for me. And like normally, especially like father-son stuff, usually really hits me, usually gets me right in the feels. But this one was just like he's finally doing the same thing his dad did to comfort him. And I get why his dad did it to him as a kid. But like, why did his dad do it to him when he was a grown ass man? Like, just fucking talk to your son. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I didn't cry mainly because I watched this in the car on my cell phone driving down to the lake house. (laughs) I was meant to be experienced. It worked. (laughs) It does work. I've I've watched a lot of stuff on my phone. (laughs) I did say to Matt, I was like, I wonder if I watched this not in the car, if I would get emotional at the death scene, not cry, but just get emotional. But when that happened, I just, I was like, that sucks his dad passed away and that his dad wouldn't like let him call his mom to come. Right. Like that was annoying. I, I think they should have had one actor for Ed Bloom. Like, I feel like that was part of the disconnect was you try to connect to Edwin McGregor the entire time. Whether you do or don't, that's your issue. But if you connect with him, it's a lot harder to connect that to Albert Finney in the later scenes. I mean, I guess they kind of look alike, but like Albert 
Finney's voice, his voice is so different. It just didn't seem like the same person. And I feel like you could have just had, probably at that time, probably would have just had Ewan McGregor aged up at the end or something. I know. That would have been a lot better. Also, how come Billy Crudup didn't have a southern accent? He grew up in Alabama with two parents with thick southern draws. And like, I, I guess like he was so like ashamed of it that he just like went to speech therapy and got rid of it. I mean, people who don't want to have an accent will stop having that accent. But I agree. Like, he was so disconnected from his parents. Like, he didn't even seem to have a connection with his mom, honestly. No, it, everyone seemed very disconnected. Like, I will say him and, I guess, was it wife at the time? Fiance? Yeah. Marion Collier. Courtyard? Yeah. Courtyard? Yes, her. Like, I actually like their connection a little bit. Like, they they seem, like, sweet, and she, like, she cares about him. She's like, come on, let's, like, try to connect with your dad. He's actually a yeah. sweet guy. You just kind of have to, like, give in to the stories. I tried, like, that's one of my notes is, like, point of film, question mark. I, I don't know. No. I think it's kind of, like, enjoy What's the point life? of the story? Right. Like, is there a point to the actual story other than just to tell these outrageous stories? Right. But the stories aren't even, like, that outrageous. That's the problem. Like They're, like, seen with, what is the phrase? Where he tells them with something glasses. The Rose-colored glasses? Rose-colored glasses he tells the stories with. Yeah. To make them seem a lot better. A lot of the stuff, it seemed, like, half fantastical. Like, it's believable, but not at the same time. It was it supposed to be kind of fantastical, like where the giant yells and he gets blown back by the dude yelling. But then when the person shows up, I'm like, well, that's not someone big enough to yell at you and you fly back. I'm like, okay. Like then he sells the dude into slavery. He's like, do you know what indentured servitude is? No. Well sign right here. Yeah, exactly. He literally <laughs> just is like and that was like the happy ending for the dude. I get probably the real actual thing was like, yeah, he got him a job here, but like this kind of makes it seem way worse. What was up with Danny DeVito? turning into a dog and playing with Ian McGregor. What what was the point of that? Oh, I can't remember that. That's what wear veto is. I was wondering what that was. (laughs) You just had wear veto? I just had wear veto there and I'm like, what the fuck is that? What was wear veto? Wait, okay, remind me. It was when he was waiting to hear the name of the girl he was gonna marry and Danny DeVito wasn't telling him because he was getting free labor. And so when they were like, Danny DeVito, he's in the trailer or he's in his whatever and so he goes there and he hears something like a lot of ruckus and he opens the door and the dog runs out and then he plays with the dog and then in the morning Danny DeVito is naked holding the stick that he was playing with or something yep, like okay. that yeah I remember that that was crazy that was, that was weird. weird that's like the perfect word to describe this movie it's just weird like everything seems a little off like he goes to the town there's two like he, he splits in the roads he goes on the road less traveled finds the cult town which I know. is what was creepy up with that? and they're all like you'll love it here and they're all spinning and like you got Steve Buscemi running in the background. He's like, hey, yeah, we're all good. And his poetry sucks. <laughs> his poetry's terrible. And then you have this like creepy pedo kid who's like, I want to marry you. And then you're like, what the fuck? Get out of here. And then she's like, well, you're only 10 years older than me. It's fine. You're like, no, this isn't Twilight. <laughs> and then that becomes Helena Bottom Carter, who I looked up is five years older than Ewan McGregor. 
McGregor. Why would you not get someone younger than Ewan McGregor to play someone who's <laughs> supposed to be 10 years younger than Ewan McGregor? When they had her in the one scene where he comes back to town and she has like the bangs and everything, I'm like, yeah. they're trying to make Helena Bottom Carner look like a 20 year old and it's not working. And, and all they did was like put a wig on her. Like, that's it. She needed more than one role in her husband's movie. Uh, yes, she did. I think the witch is supposed to be her for some reason. I don't know. It, that part didn't make any sense to me. I don't think the witch was meant to be her because he was a kid. And then he went and saw this kid when he was older in the town. And then he goes back and Helena Bonham Carter is young. She's but she did say witch. something about being a witch. Yeah, she's a time traveling witch. It doesn't make witch. sense. Except it. And then, oh, by the way, it's obviously not Auburn because there are sorority houses. That's and what I was going to say. Knows, Auburn doesn't have sorority houses. Yep. Alabama and all of Alabama doesn't have sorority houses because they are considered brothels and are therefore illegal. That's actually true, people. Look it up. It's crazy. His um wooing of his wife is like some of the worst is stuff I hate. It's just showing like, yeah, as long as you just keep showing up and doing creepy shit, they'll eventually love you. Which is just the wrong message to send right. to this generation. Like when it came out that generation of boys watched it and they're like oh if she turns me down I just gotta keep trying and trying like no right. and <laughs> no he doesn't know no. anything about her he literally just looked at her and was like I wanna fuck that and then I'm gonna marry that <laughs> or marry that and then fuck that eventually I will fuck that and she was already engaged to Roy I know this- like Roy can never get married <laughs> he's getting typecast as people who get their fiancés stolen <laughs> it's awful I was wondering why they kept showing him like when he was Being a kid. jealous. I'm like, yeah, and... I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? And then, like, I'm like, oh, he's just there to fucking lose his fiance and then die on the toilet. Great. <laughs> Why would you tell that part of the story if you're trying to be like an uplifting person? I stole this dude's fiance and then he fucking died. (laughs) I think it was partly the scene where they were kids and went to the witch who told them how they were going to die. And that's how Roy found out he was going to. His name's not Roy in the movie, but he's Roy from the office, y'all. Yeah, we're just calling him Roy. He saw how he died on the toilet having a heart attack or whatever. And then it played through the main character, found out how he was going to die but he didn't tell anyone so at the end when he was dying and they were like you got to eat something you're going to die and he goes that's not how I die but he never knew yeah. how he was going to die that's why at the very end he asked his son how am I going to die yeah he had to make up that fantastical story I get it and I don't why couldn't the dad just be real with him like 20 years ago be like oh yeah I just want you know to have an active imagination and be able to like come up with stories and entertain your kids and be a good dad I think that's important and he'd been <laughs> like oh okay I get it cool and then the relationship relationship would have been fine. I know, like how at his wedding, his dad told everyone the story of him being born and he was like, dude, don't, this is my wedding. This is my time, not yours. And then he didn't talk to him until he was like dying. And then the one doctor's quote, he's like, well, what's a better story? That your dad was stuck in traffic and couldn't make it? Or that he was catching the biggest fish in all of Alabama? As a kid, sure, tell me that one. But as an adult, be like, yeah, I really was stuck in traffic. Why do you have to make it such an elaborate story that just means like, oh, you were too fucking preoccupied with fishing that you forgot about your own fucking son. I will say the scene that I genuinely
genuinely liked was when the son went to see Helen and Bottom Carter and yeah. asked her, he was like, were you having an affair with my dad? And he, she was like, yeah. She didn't say yes, but she didn't say no. Well, she said they like they never did anything more than like kiss or something, right? They may have had like more of an emotional thing. Right. Her talking to the son, explaining why his dad made up the stories. It's like, your dad wasn't always happy. He wasn't always the guy that he plays as right. himself. I liked that scene of Helen Bottom Carter being real with the son. Someone was finally being real with him. I just, it feels like we, we could have gotten some more of that. I feel like a, a moment like that with his father would have been much better. And then like the moment where the dad's getting real is when he realizes, oh, maybe we don't have to be real. So then like he flips it on his dad. That could have been really effective, but no, the dad just sticks with it. But I don't know. It just seems like a very, like we said, weird movie. It's just all of these half truths is what I'm going to call it. They're all half truths because at his funeral, all of the people showed up. And so his son was like, oh, these are the people he was talking about. But the stories he told of them were not true. See, that's what I like. I knew that. I got that. I thought, though, like, wouldn't the son know that, like, these are half truths? Like, he wouldn't lie about some shit. Like, yeah, the giant was probably just a really big dude. And he probably did work for a fucking circus. That doesn't seem that out of the ordinary. And I, I do like, like, the Siamese trends were, like, literally just twins from Siam. Like, literally, that's what they were. He didn't even lie about that. He was just saying what they were, and you guys took it the wrong way. I will say, Ian McGregor is such a great actor. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't really care for his character, but I feel like he can do whatever he wants. Like, his accents, psh, give him anything. He'll do anything. <laughs> it sounds a little weird at first, but then, like, you go along with it. You're like, yeah, fuck it. Give him this kind of almost cartoonish southern accent. Yeah. Why not? I love how, like, they're like, he just kept growing, and like, he, he was such a big man. Man. And then it's Ewan McGregor, who's like, I think he's like five not nine. A big guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big dude in any respect. So it's like, okay, all right, whatever. It's just Obi Wan Kenobi trying to hide. <laughs> from exactly. Darth Vader. That's all this is. He's just trying to hide, start a new life. When he dies as an old man, that's when he force travels to get Luke. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? What? The whole Kenobi series that's going to come out is going to be Big Fish. It's just, <laughs> just going to be, be Big Fish? It's just going to show Big Fish? <laughs> it's going to show the movie Big Fish, and then it's going to rickroll you. And then it's just going to be Mickey flipping you off. And that's it. And, and then it's going to... I'd watch it. <laughs> and then it's going to suggest something else. You'd watch that? You'd just rewatch Big Fish with uh, Rickroll at the end, and then M Mickey flipping you off? this Star Wars episode one, two, and three. Big Fish. And then four, five, and six. That's the perfect chronological perfect. order yep. of ian mcgregor oh you gotta work train spotting and christopher robin and <laughs> the island and so it's many other great stuff obi-wan kenobi going and living all these different lives to Trying hide to from anakin <laughs> just to try to find a new life and then he eventually is just like fuck it i'll just stay on the desert planet it sucks but whatever i'll stay there because this all sucks i either die or i'm a drug addict or hallucinate stuffed animals come to life it's crazy it works all right. I have one last question. So who would you recommend Big Fish to? Tim Burton fans. Okay. 
for sure. For them to get like, like you said, a Tim Burton light version, mm-hmm. a diet Tim Burton, or you know, people going to Auburn. Why not? You're going to Auburn. Go look at this. Going to Auburn. Watch it. It has Auburn in it, and then that can be one of your fun facts. Be like, hey, I'm going to the university that was in Big Fish, but not really. But the story was. I get dude movie vibes from it. Really? To me, it's more a dude movie. The reason I disagree is because when I think dude movie, I think Michael Bay. You're thinking bro movie. Michael <laughs> oh, Bay does bro movies. So it's a dude movie. Like pretentious dudes. I'll say pretentious dude movie. Okay. Like I feel like pretentious people would be like, Big Fish is good. You don't know good. You don't, you don't like Big Fish. It. You don't yeah. have, like the artistic design oozes in every frame of this film. And if you don't yeah. like it, you clearly just can't appreciate good art. Like, I feel like it just missed the mark of being a cult movie, like a classic cult movie. Yeah. Like, it's not funny, really. And No. If he was funny throughout the film, I would enjoy it a lot more, but he's not. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just kind of there. He's just kind of always optimistic. And then his son is also not funny. His son is, his son is just, like, perpetually pessimistic and serious. Mm-hmm. I think if you just inject some humor into this, I think you got a much better film. The funniest character would have had to have been, like, Steve Buscemi. Right, just because he was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> fucking running around in the background when they're all dancing and then he writes a shit like two word poem <laughs> over the course of 10 years and then he robs a bank and then he becomes a wall street guy <laughs> yeah like fuck it what's going on with him who cares it's fun all right let's remind everyone of my guesses so for objective competence i guessed you gave it an a minus I gave it a B for the story alone. Just like, like I said, I like the style of the film. I really appreciate that. But the story just didn't hook me. Most of the acting was okay. Not great. I gave it a B. Not great, but not like bad. All right. Personal enjoyment. I think it's a little high. Maybe a six out of 10. It's not too high. I gave it a five. Okay. Literally mid range. Yeah. Like you didn't really hate anything about it, but you didn't really love anything about it either. Exactly. And then for rewatchability, I'm guessing a two out of five. Gave it a two out of five. Yeah, that one was a little easier to guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I was going to give it a B plus too. I was I, I had it like B plus for the longest time until like two days ago. And I'm like, uh, no, she probably an A minus. Because there's nothing like bad about the thing. But I guess if you don't like the story it's telling, yeah, that would fuck it up. Yeah. Dang, which means I think I'm off by three then. Yeah, Super three. close. God, I, I can't believe how close we are all the time. We know each other too well. We need to switch it up next season. We need to make them harder. Honestly, I feel like we should maybe start doing movies like the other one has watched and like you have to try to guess what I actually like really think huh. of certain movies I don't know I feel like those might be a little more interesting season two y'all come back for season two season two yeah <laughs> next year we're not done with the season keep listening alright so th- that means you won okay so yeah I won woo Jamie won woo okay cool so excited <laughs> we just know each other too well at this point so it's not shocking when either of us wins <laughs> well one of us usually has to win Jamie I know that's why it's not shocking anymore <laughs> it's not shocking when one of us wins I want someone else to come out here and be like I won maybe we could do that maybe people guess either way on to our mini segment which this week the very chill mini segment we're just doing some story time Dun, dun, lake dun, dun, dun. story time. Yeah, lake story time. 
again, surrounding lakes. Everything in this episode is surrounded by lake. Or water. Not, or water. River, rivers. Rivers. Waterfalls. All that great stuff. Yeah. Story time. Let's get into it. So I'm going to go first. Uh, and my story is basically just how I, like we mentioned up top, how I brought a hurricane up with me from Florida <laughs> to North Carolina. It was great. You know, Thursday night, drove up to Georgia, had the engagement party over the weekend. That was real fun. And then on Sunday afternoon, we drove with uh, my future in-laws up to North Carolina, up to, technically we went to Black Mountain, which our cabin was super nice, plenty of space, huge fireplace, giant, huge windows looking out over the mountain. Beautiful. But it had the steepest driveway I have ever seen. It's pretty common in this area to have super steep driveways. But like this one was like steep for this area it seemed like because like you we, we could see other houses in the area we drove past and yeah they had steep driveways but this one was like you felt like you know on a roller coaster sometimes when you're going up a chain lift you kind of feel like you're gonna fall you felt like that unless you were driving driving up it felt okay because you're like i'm in control and you just you kind of just have to put your foot on the gas and get up the hill your tires will spin a little bit but it's gonna happen you just gotta get up that hill it was crazy and then Dang. the hurricane came and the bottom of the driveway fucking flooded and that was cool and then we <laughs> and got that was ra- the day you guys were going out looking at venues yeah luckily the rain didn't really hit to like once we got like literally we got home like from a full day looking at a bunch of venues going to some breweries we get back to the cabin 20 30 minutes later huge part of the storm hits starts torrential like just downpouring thunder lightning the powers flickering on and off and then like quickly as it came it kind of disappears and we go down and like we can just hear a lot more rushing water we go down to the end of the driveway and we see the like basically there's a waterfall on one side of the road coming down filling up a big pool right at the end of this driveway and then the water's going down the rest of the mountain with another new waterfall that wasn't there an hour ago and then we got a call to say like please stay inside for the next 12 hours the river's flooded you can't leave and we're like well good thing it's at night (laughs) we weren't planning on going anywhere but okay and then the next day fucking beautiful yeah gorgeous day the next day oh super nice yeah we we explored uh downtown black mountain which is a bunch of shops then you took us to the biltmore and we went to the their little like village which had a petting zoo village yeah Yeah, really nice and then we actually saw this like huge fucking mansion for those of you who don't know the biltmore is this land that was owned by the vanderbilts who they basically kind of like donated it to be like a history preserve i don't know how you really resort history preserve thing it's interesting it's a lot of land preservation and the house is now a tourism thing to get right. money for land preservation. Right. I'm sure it's also like a historical landmark too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. It was the biggest house in America at one point when it was lived in. We didn't see the inside of the house, y'all. I just took them to like the grounds. So they saw the yeah. outside of it. They saw the views from like the outside patio. We walked around the garden. Oh. Garden. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> I'm leaving all the thunder in this episode. So. It's so good. It must be it's so insane. fucking loud over there. Well, I have these noise canceling headphones on. So I just like feel it more than I hear it. Uh, like I can, I can fucking hear it. Your microphone is picking it up pretty well. It's like you're back in the hunt of the hurricane. All right. That was basically my story. My turn. So at the lake house, Derek's whole family was there and we were all hanging out one night at like in the basement playing beer pong. 
having fun. And at one point, Derek was arguing with all of his, not arguing, debating. <laughs> Which Matt and I discovered, like, this is why Derek is huge at debating and very competitive is because his brothers. But at one point, I could literally close my eyes and not distinguish who was talking. So instead of just learning all of his brother's names, I just called everyone Derek. Yep. (laughs) And Derek hated it. That Derek she's referring to is me, not any of my others. <laughs> so his older brother is, what was it? Older Derek? No, he, that was business Derek. Business Derek. And then little Derek was your little brother. And then outdoorsy Derek was your other brother. It was business Derek, fishing Derek, theater Derek, fitness Derek, and then girl Derek, which is my sister. And they just, <laughs> and they kept up so with it. it was so funny. And my siblings they, just they went, went along, along with, with it. it. <laughs> they were just like, cool, call us Derek, whatever. Like, I was not sober at that point in any regard and no, it started we got to in get the hot to me tub and yeah. you were like can we please stop it my name has no meaning anymore it didn't you guys robbed me of that you robbed me <laughs> but it was funny because they were like what if like one of our friends don't know Derek and I was like to your friends you can all be Alec or you can all be I don't even see I don't even remember your brother's Calvin names because to me they're Jack. Derek yeah so I was like to your friends they're all your name exactly but to me and Matt y'all are all Derek. It was so crazy because they literally, you guys, the way you debate is exactly the same. The way you guys talk is exactly the same. That's what Katie says. I don't hear it. I don't think so. Well, you grew up with it, so it wouldn't be the same as an outsider coming in and seeing that. I noticed all the minute differences. Well, obviously you guys are different, but just in general, after drinking a little bit and closing your eyes and hearing all of you debate, you sound the same. But one thing that I loved that weekend was Matt and I bought these two little tiny Nerf guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Derek was laying in bed and Matt and I ambushed him by shooting him with Nerf darts. And Derek was like, hell no. And he runs out of the room and we're like, where did he go? And he comes back with this massive Rubbermaid container of so many Nerf guns. Yeah, at least a couple dozen. So the rest of the weekend was just Nerf gun fights. <laughs> yeah, even Katie's family got into it a little bit. I brought a yeah. Nerf gun up to them. For some reason, they all wanted to shoot Katie's mom like each one of the siblings and the dad all took a shot it was crazy yeah the nerf guns were fun like the whole weekend was a lot of fun awesome well that was our fun story time of the weekend at Derek's engagement party well I guess the, the week ins- yeah the week the inspiration for this episode basically which, which means- I guess it means it's time for our mini game we're getting into some mini games now Jamie, you want to get off with your mini game? I don't even remember what yours is. My mini game is is gonna make me laugh because I'm gonna make you start it off with my actor. So it's six degrees. Oh, okay. And if you think about what Derek said in the thing, he has never heard of any of the actors in, in you Unorthodox. You can't do that. You literally can't do that. I will have to fucking you lose. look it up. No, I'll start it off with mine. Okay. Because I can't. There's this fucking no way. There's literally. <laughs> we would be here forever. I wouldn't be able to name anything. My actor from Unorthodox is Shira Haas. I think I'm saying that right. Shira Haas. And my actor will be, will choose Marianne Cotillard. Shira Haas was in The Zookeeper's Wife with Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain was in, let's say, 
I believe she was in Dark Phoenix with, let's go with James McAvoy. James McAvoy was in Being Jane Austen with Anne Hathaway. Boom. Got it. And Hathaway was in Dark Knight Rises with Marianne Cotillard. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> well, that was six degrees, but less than six degrees. <laughs> exactly. All right. My game is Mad Gab. Mine started out as like movies having to do with lake or it's set near a lake or on a lake or a lake is important to it. And then it kind of devolved into a different thing. That's fine. Let's see if you can guess what the different theme is. Here's the first one. Ace, Ample, Barb, or... A simple favor. A simple favor. Yeah. You've been trying to get me to watch that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Number two. T Bell Night Scene. T Bell Night Scene. T Bell Night Scene. Why'd you choose K N I G H T instead of N I G H T? I don't know. I thought it might throw you off. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought, I don't know. Night. T Bell Knight Scene. Something 19. Yep, you got that. I fucking no COVID-19 what are you trying to get me to say table 19 table 19 I would not have gotten that (laughs) I couldn't think of a good A like there's no word that's just Tay I'm trying to think of something but everything else put another letter there that made it throw it off they're difficult to do sometimes they are do you know who the actress is yet no I haven't seen table 19 I don't even know what that is here's the last one this one I think this one's fun (laughs) dry king butt thieves Dry King Butt Thieves. I'll give you a hint. The first two words are one word, and the second two words are one word. Dry King. Dry King. You're like, you're fucking saying it. Dry King? When you were whispering it, I swear to God, you were just saying the word. Viking? No. Dry King Driving? Dry Clean? No. What shouldn't you do with that last, what was the last one you said? Driving? Yeah, what shouldn't you do while you do that? Texting? Another thing. Sexting? No, my God, no. Well, another thing. Watching Big Fish? No. (laughs) It sounds, also kind of sounds like what you're saying. Think about it. Dry Heave? Oh my god. Drinking. Right Dr- drinking. Yay! Drinking butt thieves. <laughs> <laughs> drinking butt thieves. That's the movie. Drinking butt thieves. You got it. Drinking buddies. Drinking buddies. Yeah. <sighs> drinking buddies. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Okay. Do you know who the actress is? Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. I did the first two by accident, and then I realized Ken Ch- Kendrick was in both. And then Drinking Buddies. I'm like, that also, they go to a lake house in that. I think it's a yeah. beach house, maybe. I don't remember. But I'm a like, water yeah. place. Water house. <laughs> I'm like, Anna Kendrick again. I got it. And that's our show, everyone. This episode, we reviewed Big Fish and Unorthodox. And Jamie barely squeaked out a victory this week. We like to end each of our shows reading a review. And this week, we have a review from Pumpkin Spicem, who said, Derek and Jamie have great chemistry with each other and insights into film. Very entertaining. They left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe you'll hear yours next episode. So thank yeah. you so much, Pumpkin Spice M. Yeah, thank you, Pumpkin Spice M. You can uh, also write to us at our email, I know you DJ Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on our Instagram at I Know You Pod, at Facebook at I Know You Pod, uh, anywhere and everywhere. You can find us on Instagram again at Jamie's personal Instagram at Jamie Duro or at my personal Instagram at Big Freaking Geek. 
Uh, we like to let you know what we're watching next episode, which is our listener chosen episode. And we have already told you in the bonus episode that came out. So what Jasmine chose for us to watch is Insecure season one, episode three and seven, season three, episode five. This yep. show can be found on HBO Max. Her other choice is She's Gotta Have It season one, episode one, two and three, which can be found on Netflix. So this is kind of different since it's not you guessing who chose what, but just let us know your ratings for these and who you think won the episode. And remember that I do post polls on our Instagram stories before the episode airs. So head over there, vote, and don't forget to follow us. We post this podcast every other Tuesday, so remember to come back and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to I Know You with Derek and Jamie. Until next time, I'm Derek. I'm Jamie. Bye.